0: Thank you for listening to this podcast that is part of a series dedicated to the 14th edition of Fonts event. The theme of this year's event is High Reward, High Risk. And in this episode, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, online sales rocketed sky high. And the number of search queries containing the word health were uncountable. And we spend more time than ever glued to our mobile devices listening to meditative and self-help podcasts. Now, if you would have correctly predicted these consumer and behavioral trends, you would not only be a wise, but potentially also a rich person. Correctly identifying trends and selecting the winning companies is equally profitable and complex. My name is Maria Groen and today's guest, Greg Holland, knows how to separate hypes from trends, winning companies from the losing ones, and most importantly, how and when to invest in consumer trends. Greg is Senior Portfolio Manager of Invesco's Global Consumer Trends Strategy, an award-winning strategy that outperformed its benchmark no less than five years in a row. Welcome, Greg, it's great to have you.
1: Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: Now, tell me, Greg, what was the first ever moment, the first ever trend where you thought, hmm, this could perhaps turn into something big?
1: <laughs> you know, we're, we're always learning you, you never stop in this business. And it, it's why our team loves what we do. Uh, but one of the biggest game changers when we think back was, was 2013, and it was with Facebook. When when we were looking at Facebook and we had these PC users on their platform start to use it on mobile, and we saw that we were getting four times the engagement on mobile from that same user. And that was that was one of the first aha moments for us, that mobile was an enabler of convenience, that we can engage with media all the time. We found mobile connectivity was a supercharger and that's been a huge driver of so many of our themes since then.
0: I can imagine. And look at where Facebook is now, right? Uh, Let's talk a bit more about trends and, and behavior because a lot of what you do is about detecting investable trends in consumer behavior. Maybe just to start with the basics, what is the definition of a consumer trend?
1: So we're looking to identify shifts in behavior. Consumers choosing to spend either their time or their money in a new way. And we look for increasing adoption of that behavior. And it becomes a powerful tailwind for companies that can operate in that preferred trend. And that makes a great fishing pond for new ideas. But that choice, how do I spend my time or money? It also often has a loser that we need to avoid. There's a group of companies that are now seeding consumer engagement as well.
0: Hmm. And, and how do you then identify the trend, um, Greg?
1: Well, the team's all been doing this, evaluating companies and consumer trends for more than 20 years for us on average. And, and in fact, in May, we actually just celebrated our 10-year anniversary with the first percentile peer rank uh, for the Global Consumer Trends Fund. So congratulations! I'd like to say we're, ex- <laughs> thanks. I'd like to say we're experts, but it's, it's also, again, it's just a fallout of what we love to do every day, and that's, and that's research. We're, we're talking to our companies and their management teams. We're talking to their competitors. We talk with customers. We're doing surveys. We're constantly looking for, as you said, that next big idea. But in reality, the easy part is finding the trend. The best trends, they're pretty durable. The hard part is finding the global champions, the companies that are best positioned to capture the trend. And then those companies aren't always a good investment. We have to know what's a good price to pay for that winner that will reward our investors.
0: Right, and, and if we look currently, like what what are the the biggest trends right now, Greg?
1: We're we're moving all of us towards increasingly digital lifestyles, as well as healthier and, and even more environmentally sensitive lifestyles. The the big trends today are digital. E commerce is huge, and there are some very attractive large markets that are still early in that shift to move online. That includes things like groceries, includes things like autos, buying a car online. Uh, and luxury goods. Uh, video games, they're now available to a bigger audience through mobile phones. And video games are an increasingly immersive entertainment as esports or watching others play the games competitively and, and for entertainment increases that engagement. Electric vehicles, they're, they're moving mainstream and, and we're invested there, but we're also quite excited about autonomous vehicle platforms and their ability to transform our behaviors, improve our safety, and to reward our investors. Um, Online dating is increasingly attractive. But you know, in the most immediate term, there's also a recovery trend for 2021, 2022. We call it living our real lives again. And that's through in-person experiences. We see some pent up demand for uh, consumers to engage with friends and loved ones again, Uh, movies, leisure travel. That's, that's, That's one we're excited about.
0: Definitely. Um, when we talk a bit more about the drivers of, of behavior, uh, you mentioned digital already. How important are internet and technology in shaping the trends that you see out there?
1: Not just important, they're vital. Uh, yeah. our, our, our core thesis, when we think about uh, the Invesco Global Consumer Trends Fund, is that uh, it is a compelling time to invest in the consumer space because it's a period of disruption. And that's led by technology and technology-enabled business models that are changing our behaviors. This technology is changing how we shop and and where we shop. It's changing how we consume our media, Mm -hmm. our entertainment, our information, our news. Um, And because of this increased connectivity, and especially, as we mentioned earlier, mobile connectivity, it means we've actually created time. We've created additional time that we can spend on these digital engagements as well.
0: Do demographics play a role at all? And if so, what role do they play? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, you're, you're right off the playbook. Those are one and two. Connectivity and number two is, is demographics. It's the second big driver for us. We see um, these digital and healthier lifestyle trends. They, they, cut across, they cut across all age groups. Everyone is adopting them at some level. And we pay attention to the spending habits of the baby boomers, how they're spending their increased leisure time in retirement. But millennials in particular are a huge driver of so many new behaviors. For one, they're a massive generation globally. Uh, and for two, they are very comfortable with technology and changes, and they're entering the prime of their spending power and mass consumption period of their life, life, period, life cycle. They drive so many themes like online dating and video gaming, streaming entertainment, and they've also helped really increase the awareness uh, of the social and environmental impact of companies uh, in, in the marketplace today.
0: Definitely want to hear about that uh, online dating later on. <laughs> but first of all, let's get to the part of the of the pandemic. You touched upon it already a bit. Uh, what was the effect of the pandemic? And do you think uh, it's a lasting effect?
1: Yeah, so... Um, I want to be clear with everyone that I'm going to make a few quite positive comments, but those are very specific to the market impact um, and quite separate from the, the very real human impact of a, of a global pandemic that some have experienced. First, the coronavirus hypercharged some of those digital behaviors. E-commerce, for example, we were locked down. We could not go to the store to make a purchase. And that meant that new users came to these platforms and to the experience for the very first time. Existing users were broadening out the type of categories that they would shop for and buy online. And our belief is that those new users will be sticky or or persistent in their behavior. After all, the experience of buying something online is is certainly easier, and it's often cheaper in a competitive marketplace. Uh, We see there's similar uh, structural gains in streaming media, especially the the -the over-the-top television services. Um, As being, you know, we see this as being permanent adoption by new users. The the other big impact uh, that I mentioned briefly is that coronavirus created an attractive set of recovery assets. We saw once in a decade valuations appearing in certain companies, and, and we took advantage in adding that experiences trend that I mentioned. We focused especially on companies that don't have a digital substitute, from restaurants to resorts and leisure travel, the low-end consumer globally today has record high savings, certainly not everyone, but in aggregate. And the high-end consumer has benefited from a wealth effect of higher home values, higher market values in their accounts. And both the low-end and the high-end consumer have been buying more things lately. Uh, that's the only thing they've been had access to. They're both eager right now to unleash that spending power on the experiences that they've been deprived of.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk of that ownership, indeed, some of us uh, like to own things, right? Uh, your own bed, your own car, your own books, your own music. Although um, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but I see a trend that more consumers don't want to own the products anymore. They rather use the products and the services uh, to make use of certain things. What would you say drives this, well, so-called subscription economy?
1: yeah, a number of things, but if I, I think it's two words, and it would be personalized convenience. Um, wow, you, you know music, right? If we think about how you and I have experienced music uh, over our very young uh, healthy lifestyles, uh, <laughs> it's you, a great Greg. example. <laughs> we, we used to build libraries, right? We would build a library of um, you know, downloading music to our phone, or we would build our library of CDs. Uh, tapes, um, maybe records or eight tracks if we went further back, but we're both very young and youthful, so not us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then then we would we build a library, then we would listen to the radio, and the radio would tell all of us in aggregate if there was something that the industry wanted all of us to go buy and add to our library. But now we get our library. We get our personalized library. We get suggestions for additional music that align with our personal tastes and our behaviors. Yeah, amazing. And it's portable wherever we go. It's portable even across devices. Mm. And, you know, as investors, just for subscriptions, um, we love to find a quality management team that's aligning a disruptive company with a subscription business model. Because that subscription model, it's, it generates a high quality, recurring, very visible revenue stream that we can start doing our analysis from as a starting point.
0: Um, I promised you I would get back to it, um, the online dating, but also the <laughs> online gaming, just to combine the two. They, they are gaining traction uh, globally. Uh, what would you say drives this growth? And, and where do you see it going eventually?
1: You know, with, with online dating, um, we're quite optimistic. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a rapidly growing population of singles online. Today, it's now more than 600 million people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and as mentioned, many are millennials and are digital first-generation Um, in in how they prefer to engage with people. Uh, The adoption of these services has been growing rapidly, but it's still actually very early in its penetration Mm -hmm. of that really large and very rapidly growing market. Uh, And so those are trends that we really like, finding something that's early in a growing market. Uh, This is a long-term trend, probably a decade's worth of growth in front of us. And there's also likely some reacceleration benefit from uh, economies reopening to in-person activity post these COVID lockdowns as people can then actually not just do the upfront meeting, but then have that in-person engagement as well. You know, when we think about connectivity just for, for video games, you know, they're so interconnected now. Um, Fortnite uh, for several years has been very popular. One of, one of the things that's most innovative is that that has allowed uh, the game to connect people across platform. We could team up. So if you want to do, if we were playing on a team Mariah, uh, you know I could join you from my pc you could be on my team from a mobile device and our enemies could be playing from playstations and xboxes that's cr- that 's amazing that 's becoming the new standard but what we get really excited about are the increasing connections that are happening um, uh, from smartphones and the ability to take these these top quality video games off of you know you 've had to play them because of the graphics requirements you 've always had to play them on a pc or a console well there's 400 million or so gaming PCs and consoles in the world. We've been watching smartphone graphics processing capability, and they're now exceeding the last console generation in their capability. And that means a six times market expansion. We're now being able to take these AAA level video games, and the content can be cycled and played off of a smartphone for 3 billion plus people. That's exciting for us.
0: Yeah, I kinda mind that is exciting. Yeah. Maybe to counterbalance that that online gaming, um, Deloitte research has indicated that health and also personal well being are among the key trends uh of twenty twenty one. Um what what do you think is the reason behind this and, and do they have market potential as well?
1: Yeah, you know, as as I mentioned, as we've been getting increasingly connected, we also make more informed decisions and generally lead healthier lifestyles as a result. And that plays out in the way that we think about healthier lifestyles in a number of different ways. We have fresh packaged meal delivery services. We've got plant-based food alternatives that are also more environmentally sustainable in the portfolio. But interestingly, we've been thinking about health and well-being in COVID and the recovery Um, Through some of the apparel investments in our portfolio, you know, social distancing has become, it's influenced our behaviors. It's become part of how we think about um, everything we do and uh, in our exercise as well. So despite COVID, we all still want to be active, but we often want to do it now in an outdoor environment. So lots of our exercise is happening outside instead of at the gym and we're running outside and in addition, our, our, our recreational time with our families and loved ones, a lot more are vacations that are focused on the outdoors. We're camping, we're hiking at national parks, and we're fishing, et cetera. So we've been looking at active wear and active outdoor apparel are within our apparel exposure uh, in the portfolio, too.
0: Hmm. Great development, I would say. Um, let's talk a bit more about your, your strategy, uh, Greg, the global consumer trend strategy. Um, you select from a global universe of thousands of stocks and then ultimately you arrive at a portfolio of about, say, 60 to 80 uh, stocks. That's still quite a lot. How do you apply <laughs> focus? <laughs>
1: well, focus is important, but the, the great news for us is that we don't have to start from scratch. We, we've built a portfolio of, of long-term holdings today that we'll expect to hold for years on average. And this portfolio right now is growing their bottom line earnings profitability at almost 40% a year expected for the next three years. So it's a really high bar for something new to displace a current portfolio holding. But what that also means is it's really important that we focus on new potential ideas. And uh, we start each week talking about the companies that we own we talk about the research that we've had over the previous week, the environment. We're sharing insights and thoughts. And in those meetings each week, we focus down to un- to look at, look, what are the one or two ideas that have the best chance of making it in the portfolio? And then we do focus. We spend a day. We spend a week. We spend a month until it's clear that that new idea either does or doesn't belong as something that can benefit our investors.
0: Mm, great. I hope you don't mind me asking, but maybe a potential <laughs> point of critique on your on your strategy is that it may seem slightly costly compared to an ETF. Is it?
1: Uh, a Great question. Uh, we think you get uh, an exceptional value relative to the alternatives. And so if you think about what we do, we're looking up and down the market cap spectrum. In fact, ha- half of our portfolio is in small and mid-cap stocks. We look across geographies to find changes in consumer trends. In a period of massive disruption like we're experiencing today, we honestly believe that a research-based approach like we employ is advantaged. If we were indexing to invest in the past winners or relying on historical data to predict the future of consumer behaviors, we would have been wildly unsuccessful over the last decade. Uh, Similarly, we're investing in consumer trends, but These trends cross sectors. So so video games or Disney or Netflix or Facebook, these are actually in the communication services sector. Um, Online education and ride sharing, plant-based alternative foods, these are in the tech sector, industrials, consumer staples. So like I said earlier, there's no investment that's good good at any price. Uh, And that goes for how we look at our portfolio as well. But after fund expenses, we've materially outperformed over the last 10 years and done so with better risk-adjusted returns as well. So we think it's a great proposition for what you pay.
0: Value for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting already at the end of this interview, I cannot believe how how quickly time flew by. Um, but you referred, uh, maybe as a final question, you referred to those uh, Monday morning brainstorm sessions that you have with the team and, and that that's the space where where the best RDs are born, actually. Um, so I have a cheeky question. What will be the consumer trend for 2022 would you say Greg
1: uh, absolutely the consumer trend well the, and, I'll, and I'll cheat and tell you that there's many but uh, the, the answer is that um, the recovery trade that that experiences as we're calling it in our portfolio that's probably the most imminent in our view and that, and that's because there are catalysts in the coming months that should change both the current negative headlines, uh, and actually, unlock consumer behaviors as we go through the back half of this year and into next year. And they're very much related to the negative sentiment around the Delta variant. Um, we're going to see, and we are seeing, continued acceleration of uh, emerging markets vaccine penetration. We're going to see under 12 year old vaccinations in children that will help to reduce spread. We'll see booster shots. There are treatments coming that actually no one's really talking about That where we're going to see phase three readouts um, over the course of the next two months. And so far, the data has been quite promising in reducing negative outcomes. Um, all of this is going to lead towards uh, the recession of the Delta variant and all of it towards a more mobile, more unlocked consumer. But I think more importantly, rather than, and here's where I cheat and, and not talk about next year as much, is that there's, there's roughly another decade of this share shift and massive disruption uh, to be captured in consumer behaviors and digital themes. And with the, the balance we have in our portfolio today, we, we feel really well positioned to be able to deliver results for our investors over the next few years.
0: Exactly. To, an- to another five years of outperformance, I would say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Greg, for being here with me today. It was a pleasure.
1: Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: I'd like to thank my guest, Greg Holland, for his time and his insights. This podcast is brought to you by Invesco Management. It is part of a special podcast series dedicated to the FONS event 2021. For more podcasts, please visit the FONS News website, fontsnews.nl forward slash podcast. And check out Invesco.com for more information on Invesco and its funds.